0: Good morning and welcome to Laurel Heights where you can expect preaching and teaching from the text of Scripture. Today from 2nd Peter chapter 3. We invite you to have your Bible open to that location. You may still have it there from the reading this morning. 2nd Peter chapter 3. Have you noticed (coughs) That about this time every year, in <clears throat> September, October, into November, and the rest of the year, you hear these predictions about the end of the world. And then if something happens, like an earthquake, or a hurricane, or a mass shooting, or talk of impending war, there is a hysteria connected to those claims. And as that hysteria is generated, there is the noise of sensationalism, and it takes on some traction. A few years ago, a man named Harold Camping made the news with his prediction that the end of the world would be October 23rd. Even after one failed prediction, he tried again, and his followers stayed with him. In San Antonio there's a man <clears throat> by the name of John Hagee and he makes frequent predictions about the end of the world but obviously with every failed prediction he is losing some credibility. More recently a man by the name of David Mead said the world would end on September 23. And, of course, that did not happen. Doomsday predictions seem to attract attention. Ordinary Bible reading and Bible study doesn't seem to attract as much attention. But doomsday predictions seem to attract a certain kind of attention and produce temporary but unfounded excitement. Here is what Christians need to do. Listen to the Apostle Peter. That's what we're going to do now in 2 Peter 3. This is now the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day." The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved in the earth, and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people... There are some things in them that are hard to understand which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. This morning, we're going to consider four things about this passage. The first three points are in response to unfounded predictions of men who claim to know when the end will be, or say that it will not be. The fourth point will focus on the kind of people we need to be. Keep your Bible ready here in 2 Peter chapter 3. And let me start with this point. God has said through his inspired servants that the world as we know it will come to an end. God has said this will happen. This earth will not stand. Look with me again, beginning at verse 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And then he adds, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. However confused and deceptive men may be in their sensational claims, Don't let anyone deceive you or discourage you from confidence in God, who says very clearly, this will happen. This world will end. If you believe there is a God, the Creator and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, If you have weighed the evidence and you respect the Bible as the word of God, this ought to be fixed in your mind as an absolute. It ought to be nailed down. The end may not be around the corner or capable of being put in your day planner, but it is coming. God said this would happen. Here in verse 10, the day of the Lord Will come. I need to be careful that I don't get so attached to this world that I dismiss this truth that this world is not permanent. We thank God for the beauty of nature. We enjoy a beautiful sunset. When we travel, we see amazing evidences of God's handiwork in creation. In all that admiration, don't forget that it will all go away. It will all go away. The language of Peter is pass away with a roar burned up, dissolved. All these things are thus to be dissolved. God has said this world will pass away. God has said this will happen. And that reality needs to be a part of all my planning, all my thinking about the rest of my life. Number two, there have always been people who believe nothing will ever change. The world will always be here. Listen to Peter as the chapter opens. This is now the second letter that I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. Peter responds. They deliberately overlooked this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly man. I want you to think about what a foolish premise the scoffers were working on. What if I said to you, whatever has not happened yet will never happen? Well, you would consider me to be foolish and arrogant and working on a false premise. I cannot reason from history to the future with objective assurance. But there were men, Peter calls them scoffers, who claim, since everything has continued without interruption from the beginning, nothing will ever change. The world will always be here. In response to such reasoning, Peter said, they are deliberately overlooking the fact of the flood. They are arrogantly assuming that they know exactly how God reckons time. Peter says, as 2 Peter 3 opens, you need to concentrate on what God has already said. God told you there would be scoffers following their own sinful desires. They have no integrity. They are in denial of what they don't know will happen. There have always been people quick to deny what the Lord has guaranteed. The Lord's promise is sure. He is not negligent about what he says. This is going to happen. Peter could not have been clearer on these points. The end of the world is certain. Even though there have always been doubters and mockers and scoffers who have said, since it hasn't happened so far, it will never happen in the future. They discount the power and the integrity of the Creator. Number three. The end will come like a thief comes. A thief in the night. Second Peter three and verse 10, "The day of the Lord will come like a thief. Now, stealing is a sin. But here, the emphasis in the illustration is on the approach, the common method of operation of a thief illustrates that we will not have any advance notice of the end of the world. The thief doesn't call and say, Be ready for me. My schedule looks like I'll be there about 1130 tonight. That's not the way that happens. A thief doesn't make an appointment with his victim. The method of operation is when least expected. So when I hear the sensationalism of doomsday prophets, I'm listening to men who act and speak against the truth of this illustration. They are wanting to tell us that in spite of what Peter and the Lord said about the thief in the night, they know better. Keep your place in 2 Peter 3, but for a few minutes, I'm going to take you to 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In Paul's time, as the New Testament was being written, scoffers and false teachers had already spread their predictions and their false teaching. Some said the Lord would never come. Some said they knew when he would come. Listen to Paul. Listen to Paul address this, 1 Thessalonians 5. Now, concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need that anything be written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When people are saying, there is peace and security... We might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Here again, the illustration that there will be no advance warning. You yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Paul even describes what it will be like. Some will be preaching peace and security. Don't worry. Nothing's going to happen. And then, sudden destruction comes upon them. I believe what Paul said and what Peter said. I'm going to accept what Peter and Paul said. We don't know when the end will be. So let me review now before my final point. God said this is going to happen. The world will end. There have always been scoffers who deny that it will ever happen. But it will happen and it will come like a thief in the night. Now, you remember what I said about my fourth point. I said my fourth point from the text would not be a response to false teaching or deception. My fourth point will concern how we need to be living. This is the most important question. Verse 11. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be? in lives of holiness and godliness. What a complete waste of my time for me to get caught up in sensationalism and be excited temporarily about someone's prediction or someone's claim that nothing will ever happen and then not personally be ready for what the Lord said will happen. In the light of Peter and Paul. In the absence of any predictive indication in the New Testament. Why would I devote any thought. To when the Lord will come and end the world. I don't know when the world will end. You don't know when. Why make that. The objective. Of our attention. And energy. Well. Well. What should be the object of our attention and energy? How we live before God. Hearing the gospel, coming out of sin, walking by faith in Christ and repentance and baptism, then the the new life in fellowship with God, that's where my focus and your focus ought to be. It may be that one part of this whole problem is there are people who want to know when the end will be so they can wait to the last minute. Let me ask, what kind of attitude is that? What kind of attitude toward God is it? An attitude that says, I will give the world and the devil as much time as I can. I will be devoted to myself and to my appetite and my agenda and those things I consider to be fun and worthwhile here, earth-centered. And I'll do that as long as I can till the very last minute and then I will very quickly put on the ascension clothes and go to the mountain. What kind of attitude is that toward God? Knowing what you know about God, do you think that's what God wants? The last few minutes of an ungodly life? Now, we qualify that. God will take anyone who is genuine in their response to the gospel, no matter their age, But shouldn't you obey the gospel as soon as you believe in Christ and come to love Him? And if life were to put on a 24-hour schedule, are you going to give God the last five minutes? What kind of attitude is that? Did Christ die on the cross so people could could become last-minute Christians? See... The question for us today is not, when will the Lord come and end the world? We don't need to be concerned about that because we'll never have an answer. The question is, what sort of people should we be today in response to the cross of Christ? Peter's primary interest is not just to carry on a debate with the scoffers and prove that he is right. Everything here in 2 Peter 3 is moving toward Peter's primary interest, which is moral and practical and responsive individually. If these things are going to happen, if the world is moving toward an end, and we don't know when that end will be, but we know there is a new dwelling place, God has prepared for his people, there is something to live for and strive for. And it takes us to the primary question, how am I living right now? If there is no God, if the world will just continue on as the scoffers said, if death is the end, the value of how we live is seriously diminished. But we believe there is a God who made the heavens and the earth, who sent his Son to live and die for us, and who has said that his Son will come back like a thief in the night. What does that mean to me? What should matter to me given that information? How I am living right now. Am I engaged in the work and worship the Lord has directed? And am I doing that with a whole heart? Am I praying, giving glory to God and following Christ? What about my attitudes? My responses to people? Listen again. Sense. All these things are thus to be dissolved. What sort of people ought we to be in lives of holiness and godliness? As I close, may I talk to you for a moment about procrastination? Procrastination. If you've never obeyed the gospel, please listen to this next part. And if you've obeyed the gospel, but you've left the Lord living back in sin, please listen to this next part. Procrastination, putting off what you know you need to do, is subtle, crafty as it works in your mind, building more and more delay, almost silently but not harmless the Bible says why are you waiting now is the day of salvation today if you will hear his voice today lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin in the Hebrew epistle and then listen again please to this The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth... And the works that are done on it will be exposed, since all these things are thus to be dissolved. What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Let us be standing as we sing.